What's up, fans? Episode 18. As you can see, we got another guest today, our good friend Ron, who's who's blessed us with Q&A questions and tons of stuff for our podcast so far, so we had to get him on on the pod. Ron, what is up? Introduce yourself to the fans. Spinny, Fetty, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm pumped to talk about sports, pumped to take some dubs and uh, win some debates. So let's get into it. No. I love how Fetty's reaction is more because he already knows he's going to lose, but I at least (laughs) have a fighting chance. Me and you can maybe argue a little bit, but Spinny is like, why are you even saying giving Spinny props like that? He's just going to take a fat L today. I'm already knowing. Says the guy with the worst goat. uh, (sighs) You'll see what we're talking about in a little bit, folks. But sir. We're Before we dive boys, into our first segment, and people, I do want to go today. I do want to mention the NHL update um, for this week. Avs got it done; they swept them there in the Stanley Cup and the uh, Tampa last night. Oh, by the way, fans, we are recording on Saturday. We're going to play with some editing this week, actually, and try to get something, a little something fun for you on these videos. So, I'll look for that. But yeah, the Tampa Bay was that tonight game. Five or six, I mean. Six. Tampa's got a 3-2 lead with game six tonight. So we'll see how that series ends up going. But damn, Spinny, me and you might be completely correct about our Stanley Cup predictions if Tampa's able to close us out. Yeah, I was going to say, like, for two guys that basically claim to not know hockey hockey. on that episode, we just picked that that crap. So we killed Dan, too. So if you listen to Dan, Dan, that's tough for you. you. How's that Carolina pick looking for you, big old buddy guy? Ooh. Oh, that's tough. One. It is. It's is a tough one. So, um, but yeah, Are you make another point about the series or no? Oh, real quick on the NHL, I just want to say I am oh. so happy the Oilers and Connor McDavid are out of the playoffs. That's just, just really a hater. Oh my, that's puke nation. I am beyond mean? tired of these people saying that he's on Gretzky's level. And stuff like oh, that. Yeah. It makes me he's want. He's not there. Okay. He's not there. I mean, oh, people are I've ex- heard it. He's on. He's on Sid and Ovi's level, though. Is he though? Yes. Has he? Yes. Ever- you're ready. You're ready to say that already, Spinny. I mean, yes. Sid has three Ovi, rings. Ovi didn't win a championship till he was stinking. I'm talking. Maybe he's old. on the bum. He's on the bum Capitals. Come on. And he's a bum Edmonton. Edmonton's oh. been. Awful. Time out. They only have another MVP on their team that plays with him. So I mean, it's not like he has absolutely uh, nothing. Dry side. Yeah. Okay. Five years ago. Yes. I'm not. I'm just not ready to say that. It's not too early. It's not too early. early. This man has led the league in points multiple times. He definitely could get to that level. There's no doubt about it. He's talented, you know. As anybody, he just, basically, but he's got to do it before we crown him. No, you you're right, but like, there's just those guys that haven't done it yet. But you know, like like Luca, it's like, yeah, Luca hasn't won a championship yet, but he took this bum Mavericks team to the Western Conference Finals farther than they should have gone. And I feel like that's kind of what McDavid did with Edmonton. So, well, what about like Mike Trout? We're still waiting on that's a fair comparison. But, I feel like, but Mike Trout hasn't had any playoff success at all. He hasn't sure. showed us anything. Sure. So like I get a little bit if I get a little bit and you bring teams farther than I think you should I guess I'll crown you a little earlier and that's where I'm at. Fair enough. In fact, the Angels have only had choke nation. They choked to the 
the Royals that one year. Royals ended up winning it all, obviously, but Royals were a, a wild card, and the mm-hmm. Angels were the one seed, and they lost. So, yeah, but yeah, I I could get behind that Connor McDavid. I'm also That's biased because I love Connor there. McDavid, but but yeah, I just he's have to star. defend my guy. He is. He's star. phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. I just just we gotta just be patient. Let things play out. <laughs> all right, all right. I can. Well, now, boys, I think we should jump to the better sport at least in my opinion i know i'm going to get some hate especially from my uncles that are probably why do you why do you why do you have to just throw the hate between sports on here even if you're right i love it i love it like it's like because i love it i hate on the nhl see but i I want saying that nba is better that's all i'm saying yeah Um, but that's all i said people should watch more nhl the nhl is agreed Underrated. So that's why we're not giving hate. No hate in this pie because we want viewers on the shell. Basketball's a better sport, no doubt. But the actual yeah. product, I don't know, man. NHL gives the NBA a run for its money. NHL playoffs are something special. NHL playoffs admit, are really fun. But yeah. the NBA knows how to make a star and promote and right. like, get crap Absolutely. Going. So I'd watch NBA any day over. NBA's NHL marketing sports. is yeah. ridiculous. Agreed. So, game Sports. three and four. Let's talk about it, boys. Game three. Game three, 116 to 100 win for Boston. Oh, seeds. Yep. Uh, 52 to 26 in the paint. Draymond Green probably played the worst game of his career. Worst playoff game of his career. For um, sure, playoff game now. Rob Williams made him look awful. That man's a stud, though. Probably yes. the key to the series. Um Boston actually made less threes in this game. Golden State fouled more, 23-17. Yeah, a couple key stats from the game. What do we remember from game three, boys? Game three impressions. Another key stat from that game that I definitely remember is the trio of Brown, Tatum, and Smart. Absolutely mm. killed it. Stat line here. Smart was 24-7-5. and five. Brown, 27-9-5. and five. And Tatum, 26-9-6. and six. Um that's the, the first trio in quite some time to do 20-plus, 5-plus, and 5-plus. So, they, in a finals game, that is. So, that is very impressive um, output by them. And that's definitely part of the reason, along with Rob Will, like you said, Spinny, uh, for why they won. And probably, I mean, this game was close to the end. It was a good game the whole time. Celtics pulled away at the end. I'm surprised with that big of a gap in, in points in the paint that it was that close to the end, to be honest. That's a yeah. very surprising gap in points in the paint. See, or uh, Warriors were making shots early, kept them, kept them in it, and then that absolute barrage at the at the beginning of the fourth quarter was just mm-hmm. they just couldn't miss. There's just no right. missing anywhere from three. So yeah, the Celtics cool. in the fourth quarter, I mean, have been unbelievable. But it's been the, and, it's been the Warriors in the third quarter, right? Right. <laughs> on the on the flip end of that, it's. Curry going into uh, game four. We don't want to get into game four too much here, but going into game four, Curry only had six total fourth quarter points in the, those three games. So his production in the fourth is, was miserable mm-hmm. up to last night, obviously. But um, that that's a huge, huge reason why the, the Seas were able to take the 2-1 lead is just the better fourth quarter performances. Mm-hmm. And another sure. thing they did consistently throughout that game that they didn't do in game four was Marcus Smart in the paint against Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful matchup. And that's how Marcus Smart got a lot of those um, 24 points. Because it was really quiet. It was like you looked at the score in the, the box score in the fourth quarter and you're like, Marcus Smart has 24 points? What the? Like they said at the end and I didn't even notice it at all. And it was just a lot of that 
nice, easy, easy buckets he got. And uh, in game four, that definitely changed a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, should we get into it? Should we get into game four? Kind of buried the lead. Well, hold, before we keep going too much, I want to get Ron's opinion on just like the series as a whole, since this is obviously the first time he's been on the episode. Who'd you have before series? Did you did mm-hmm. you have the Warriors? I know you like the Warriors. Or did well, you pick the seed? What was just your real quick? In? The whole NBA playoffs as a whole has been terrible. I think so many blowouts. Officiating has been awful. Officiating like has been know. atrocious. Um, but I still love basketball, so inevitably I'm gonna watch. Going into the finals, I literally thought it was like a 50-50 series. Like both these teams are so good, championship material. Uh, I gave the edge to Golden State because one, I want them to win. Uh, and also just because they have that championship experience on their side, which I don't know how much it means, but I think it definitely means something. So I it definitely means something. So, so you had given it's 50, 50, you had them in seven, right? Exactly. And I'm, I'm sticking to it. I think that from here on out, uh, they'll just keep splitting back and or those keep going back and forth, uh, right. Until game seven and. Golden State's going to win it. Okay, here's the here's the good. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that I really really don't like to do. But given that the series is tied two two, no team has an advantage. Even you could say Golden State has a slight advantage, given they're the home team Mm -hmm. in these uh, two of these three games. I'm gonna change my pick. Boston's gonna. No, you're not. Boston, you're not changing your pick. Boston's gonna win the series. I am. I am. It's 2-2. Everything's even. This is basically a best of three series at what, this point. What makes so you think no Boston's going to win? why I shouldn't be able to change my pick. Boston is going to win. Boston's going to win game five for sure. Uh-uh. I mm-hmm. find that really tough to believe. 7-0 and in when they have come off a loss this postseason. Tatum hasn't played a great offensive game yet. No, he hasn't. For sure. And Curry's not going off like that again. That was okay. Curry's go-off game already. But let, let's face it, though. Uh, Curry's uh, help is definitely going to pick it up somewhat in these next you few You think games. so? Clay Thompson know. was broke. He's going to fix it. He's only He's got one good game left. One. Game six This play. guy, Hardys. I am just. Boston's going to win this so series. He is not allowed win. to switch his pick. Let's, let's date back to uh, – to our initial NBA Finals predictions. He picked Warriors in seven. Hardys, roast this man in the comments. He can't flip one. He can't pick against his own team. <laughs> Celtics are his team, and he picked against them. And then two, you can't flip halfway through the series. You should have expected this to be 4-4 since you – or 2-2, I should say. Why did I say 4-4? 2-2 since you picked it to go in seven. So I don't get I why you're I can't to lie. Down. I got to be truthful. I can't lie. Boston's going to win. You can just see it. Why though? I don't. Well, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I'm Man. glad you came to this side too, because I'm in agreement. The flow of these games, um, obviously a lot can change in the last three, but the flow of these games is just pointed to my pick being right, Celtics and seven, just because they should want my right. adopted pick. Let's, being let's right. dive exactly. into let's, my adopted oh pick my being right. Get out of here! <laughs> I disagree. Get I out of here! Golden State should have won Game One. <laughs> But the, the last, what, Back. seven, eight minutes of the fourth quarter was absolutely insane. But Boston should have won last night. Okay, sure, you last can say night. that, but then we're at the same point, 2-2. Two, two. Yep, either way, it's still 2-2. Two, two. Yep. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, game four, though. Um, 
107.97. Couple quick facts. Curry had 43, obviously. 21 fouls to 17. Golden State still had more fouls in this game. Golden State actually outscored Boston in the paint, 38-32. You obviously cannot let that happen if you're Boston. That's awful. Um, same number of turnovers, 16 to 16, which might seem crazy if you watch the game. Boston's turnovers just seem to be bigger or more, I don't know, worse. I don't know. But that's just how the game felt, I think, watching it. So I will let Ron talk here first. Give us an opinion. What do you think game four? Oh, game four? Well, I enjoy that mostly because uh, Golden State came out on top in the end. But, uh, yeah, it was – just Curry, it was really, in my opinion, his best game ever in the finals. I know he dropped 47 or whatever it was against the Raptors, but to me, the, there's something about this game, it, it's so efficient. Uh, the shots he was taking and making were absolutely insane. He put the team on his back. and I mean, if he didn't put the team on his back, they're down 3-1, and almost inevitably they're going to lose, right? So. The- this was Curry's best finals game to me, too, of his career, for sure. Yeah. And he hit the I one agree. against Toronto when Clay – he dropped 47 against Toronto with no Clay or KD. But mm. that wasn't as – that was more just him taking all the shots because that was the vibe. Literally. I, I can't remember how game. efficient he was, but I can't imagine he was efficient as he was yesterday. And, and last night he just – he controlled the game. He really yeah. did. But uh, just one other note uh, – I do think it's pretty much a toss-up the rest of the way, but I just want to say Robert Williams is such a stud defensively. It's absolutely unbelievable. He is just such a game-changer for them. He is probably, the, in my opinion, the most fun defensive player to watch in the league. I can, I can he's see a freak. that. Yeah, he, he's a freak. Yeah. His athletic ability, man. Just. It's insane. Here, I, I finally got uh, these – this uh, shooting percentage wise for uh, Curry here on that night, he scored 47. He was 14 of 31. So, yeah, he wasn't as efficient yeah. as he was last night. Not 14 of 26 last night. Yeah. Yeah. He was also 50% from 3 7 for 14 last night. Um, but I got to, I got to just roast Boston a little bit on the inconsistencies that they've had throughout this series. And just the inconsistencies in the shots they take. Last night, it's like it was just over and over again settling, I feel like, and not going to the paint and not yes, getting to the paint. Sure. They should be going to the paint at least 50% of the time mm-hmm. against Golden State. You should mm-hmm. be taking shots in the paint. You got to get that Curry matchup on anybody. Curry matchup. Curry can't guard a single person on Boston in the paint. So if you can get that post-up move, it's like, they weren't going to that with Smart, and they just weren't. There was a lot of not finishing. And, again, Tatum has not played a great offensive game yet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another thing where I'm a little leaning towards them the rest of the series because Tatum's got to do it one of these times. And I'm just hoping game five tonight is a lot what game six in Milwaukee looked like or game five in Miami looked like. So if we can get a performance like that, then and I think Boston's Boston's got a good shot to win. Also, seven for eighteen for Smart, nine for nineteen for Brown, and eight for twenty-three for Tatum. Not a lot of yeah. efficiency overall last night. They shot forty no. percent from the field and thirty-nine and a half from three. So shot good from three, but bad from two. 
Yeah, this was just another game that essentially just came down the fourth quarter. That's kind of been the how this series has gone so far. Is it's close until the fourth quarter or the third quarter, I guess, for the Warriors in um, Game Two. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, that's just that's just how it's been. It essentially comes down to one quarter, and that's how they separate because they won by ten, right? They outscored the Celtics by nine in the fourth quarter. So the majority of that spread was just in that fourth quarter there where, you know, Curry stepped up obviously the entire game, but he's finally stepped up in the fourth quarter as well. Mm-hmm. Hit him with some oh. dagger threes. But what was Boston's last five minutes of the game? Oh like, man, what that's the, awful. What oh, the we right, after, shot right after we hung up bus, when we, we called each other right at that point, and I and then we were we were like, let's get off the phone to watch this. Got off the yeah. phone and just the next five minutes was just absolute garbage. The shot selection. We should have stayed awful. on the phone, honestly. God, shot selection was garbage. The finishing was garbage. It was just like, <laughs> what are we doing? And Steph See, that, just that's played like he should have. Yes, facts. That's been a trend for the Celtics all playoffs. Yeah. These the games that they lose, their shot selection is, in my opinion at least, significantly worse than the games that they win. Yes, it's all about getting in the paint. Yeah. Especially against yes. Golden State that can't Such an guard advantage. them in the paint. They have yeah. no one in the paint to do anything. No, none. Oh. You know yeah. Eme was roasting them for that. You know oh, that yeah. was part of the part of the post game situation going on, but Boston goes on stretches where they seem like they don't know they're in the NBA Finals. And they seem like that whole, the whole playoffs. They've gone through stretches the whole playoffs where it's like, oh, we're just playing the Pistons on a Saturday in October. Yeah. Or November. Like, it's just sometimes. I don't know what the deal is, but. Yeah, they are so I, they can just be so inconsistent. Like, they look, like, so good for three quarters of the game, or more than that even, then all of a sudden they'll have a five-minute stretch where they forget how to dribble a basketball. Jalen Brown. <laughs> Literally, and yeah. And despite all that, I'm still confident that they're going to win with two real no, games. No, you cannot pick the Celtics. You pick the Warriors in seven. Hardy, Celtics. they're not Celtics are winning. Celtics are oh winning. my God, this is just – Ron, what do you think about Spinney just switching his pick like that? Halfway I through? can't lie to people. I can't lie. That's a cop-out. I don't understand why – I don't. I mean – I'm with Fetty, honestly. You, you once yes, you pick, you. you pick. I mean, you can't you pick. switch up yes. on it. That's a weak. Especially move. four over halfway through the series, four games into the series, you're going to switch. You you gave me the opportunity to switch last week, and guess what? I said hell no. I'm sticking with the Celtics. I'm not a fake like you and switch. Oh, that's See, terrible. But like, I, I you want you, me I to lie to the viewers? Then you want me to lie to them and just tell Why'd them? Why'd you pick the Warriors from the beginning though? What what has changed? Because to That's me, nothing, nothing's really Watching changed. the games has changed. I will Watching say, though, the- for the most part, it feels like the Celtics have controlled the series, but then all of a sudden they'll just be, like I said, they just forget how to play basketball for a five, eight-minute stretch. You can't do that against the Warriors. It feels, <laughs> like, it feels like the games the Warriors won, other than their amazing third quarter in game two, that was just them getting crazy hot in the third quarter. I'll give them that. Other than that, though, Every other time they went on runs, it's felt like them just them just capitalizing on Boston's mistakes and mm-hmm. using that and just getting in that way. And but I haven't like, seen anything to tell me that Boston's going to stop making all these mistakes. But they make those mistakes about every other game. And I just feel like two of the last three, they're not going to make those mistakes. And I don't know if Golden State can beat them when they don't make mistakes like that. If Boston has less than like 12 turnovers, 12 turnovers or less – I don't I don't see them being very beatable. 
Fair enough. Well, it it is pretty obvious here that given a 2-2 series, in my opinion, and obviously statistics back this up, the winner of this next game is going to win the finals. Winner of game five will win the finals. If Boston wins game five, they're going to win for sure, I think. I think it's going seven no matter what, and I agree with you, Ron, like you said, uh, to start this segment that you think it's just going to go back and forth the rest of the way. So I I think whoever wins game five will probably lose game six and then win game seven. That's just how I think this will go. Which, based on my pick, I'm rocking with the Celtics. I think they'll be able to get it done in game five. And Spinny, no, you got to pick the Warriors. (laughs) I'm picking Boston. What a ride. Boston's winning game five. God, I hate Spinny so much. That's I can't lie. I got to be truthful and jerk. Now Boston has no chance of winning game five now. Yes, they do. No. Boston's been better on the road than they've been at home. And they've had <coughs> no coming yeah. off a loss. But now that you've switched sides, there's no way they're going to win. Just how it works. All right. I don't make the rules. Let's, move, let's move on. Let's move on. My Warriors pick was wrong. Boston's going to win. Before we jump to our next segment here, I do want to just quickly roast Raymond Green. Hit this finals six point wait, no four points per game, seven rebounds, six assists, shooting twenty three percent, zero percent from three, hasn't made a single three, fifty percent from the free throw line. This guy is is completely washed. I hate people that try to defend him on Twitter. He's not good anymore. He used to have it, but. He sucks. Okay. He's terrible. I don't, I, no, you're going too finals. far. Yeah, you're going too far. Awful matchup for him. How? He's not prime Draymond He's Green, terrible. No. He's he terrible. He's not terrible, Fed. He is terrible. terrible. No. Yes, he is. He is a mid Hater. player. He's probably not even probably not even top 50 anymore in the NBA. I could pretty confidently say that. Now, I'm not going to name you 50 players right now, but. He has he has more fouls than points. He has eighteen fouls. Oh, he has been points. abysmal in the series. I can't deny that one, but yeah, he's been abysmal in the series. I just don't think dropping him to being a mid player from from he one is mid. Bad. No, it's too harsh. He is mid. You you guys want to know what coming into this season in the playoffs, Draymond has averaged at least ten points. Points. He's averaged over 10 in essentially all but four of his playoff series. And two of those four were when he was 22 years old. Fatty. And the Warriors weren't even good in 2013. So he is, this man used to, here, here's his stat lines here. 16, 9, and 7. 17, 10, and 6. 22, okay. 11, and 8. This man used to do it, but now... Now you're trying to say that a guy that scores four, seven, and six is is not mid? That's the definition of mid. One thing. Number one, it is weird how he used to be I mean, he was never a great three point shooter, but he used to be able to, he couldn't be able make to make them. Him now he's just completely broke. But it's never been about the numbers with Draymond and his impact on the court. You know that. Don't be also dumb. right. I, I will agree, say though, he should be a better shooter at this point, right? I mean, yeah, he's gone on. backwards somehow. I mean, That's what I, I mean, don't get. you got to be going forward in your shooting in your career because as you get older, you got to be a better shooter to stay relevant when your athletic ability goes down. So right. I feel like guys that don't get better at shooting as they get older, there's a little bit of like, what's going on? But is, is he retiring after the series? What this man said he had like three years left, like last week. No, he's still playing. 
I don't know, and man. I can't wait till next year when he's completely garbage and I can I can back up bring these receipts that you guys think he's not mid anymore. Which is, right what is he? What does he? What does he have to average next year for us to be right? Twenty ten and five, probably. I don't think the average, like Ron said, obviously he's never been a ridiculous score. Like usually his season average, you know, is usually it's around like 10. 10. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not like expecting much more in that regard, but the, just the impact on the game, it's watching these finals. What, what has he done besides talk shit to the refs and follow people? Nothing. Okay. He doesn't but do it, anything. He used to be able to impact the game right. amazingly on defense and as a playmaker. But all I'm seeing this series is him getting exposed on the glass by Rob Williams. Like, Rob Williams getting is absolutely taken dominant. to the rack by Jalen Brown and getting taken to the rack by Jalen Brown anytime. So I just I just don't think Draymond has it anymore. And this again, I'm I still want to give him respect. He has three rings. He's DPOY, one of the best defenders we've seen in our generation. So he's a Hall of Famer, easily. Yes, Hall of Famer. So me saying he's mid now, I'm not taking away from anything that he's accomplished because he's obviously been a quality player in the NBA. And again, his impact goes way beyond his stat line, but. Right now, this man's—he's terrible. No, he's hurting them in the finals right now. There's no doubt. All right, yeah, boys. Sorry. That's just mainly centered also around my hate for Draymond. I'm not a Draymond I love fan, Draymond. so I—I I had to write, roast him a little bit there. So sorry, boys. You'll Classic miss him when bust. he's gone. Classic bus being a hater as usual. And speaking of that, Bus is about to be completely wrong, so he's got to just be a hater for this whole next segment. This is uh. This is Ron's shining moment of a segment, so I think yes, even he's the guest. Like we should even let him in. What are you going to – all right. No. I got it. All right, so we are going to be debating who the GOAT of tennis is. Uh, for those who don't know me, I am a very avid tennis fan, probably one of my – probably my third favorite sport behind football and basketball. Uh, but beyond that, we're just going to debate uh, who the GOAT of tennis is. I've been a lifelong fan of Novak Djokovic. Spinny has been a fan of uh, Rafael Nadal. And Fetty has been a fan of Roger Federer, who are really, I mean, the only three up for the GOAT debate at the end of the day. I mean, there's others who deserve respect, but, I mean, these three are so head and shoulders above everyone else. It's, uh, yeah. So before we get into it, I just really briefly want to uh, – explain how the tennis season works so there's four grand slams australian open french open wimbledon uh, and the u.s open okay there's nine those are like the biggest tournaments the most important tournaments the grand slams then there's nine smaller tournaments called masters tournaments that are also important okay not as important as the grand slams but important then there's just a ton of smaller tournaments below that all these tournaments are worth points. The better you do, the more points you get. And that's how you get ranked in tennis. Okay. So, and obviously you want to be ranked number one, because that means that you have done the best in the tournaments you have played in. Okay. So that's a brief overview kind of, of how the tennis season works. So with that being said, let me just get into my case as to why Novak Djokovic is pretty clearly the GOAT. And again, clearly. I nothing, yes, it's, at the end of the day, if you look at all the stats at this moment in time right now, was it June 11th, 2022? Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player of all time. Sorry, yeah. Freddie, you don't really have much of a, an argument here. Nadal, he's in the convo. We'll see. We'll see what Spinny presents. But 
let me go first. Djokovic, first of all, has 20 grand slams, which is second of all time behind Rafael Nadal's tied for second. Tied for second, yes, with Roger Federer. Okay, I got all my stats written down here to make sure I didn't miss anything. So year end number one. So when the year ends, the tennis year ends, it ends at the end of like the normal year. It follows our calendar year. Who finishes the year ranked number one? Well, Novak Djokovic has won that seven times. Federer and Nadal have each won it five times. How many total weeks have each of these players spent ranked number one? Novak Djokovic has spent an astounding 373 weeks ranked number one. Just think about that in terms of Three, years. 353 is what I have. No, uh, 373 is what I have, too. Damn it. Yep. Uh, Federer is second with a very respectable 310 weeks ranked number one. And Nadal is – he's not even third, I don't think. But in this, no, in not. terms of our debate, he's third behind uh, Djokovic and Federer with 209 weeks ranked one, which is still obviously amazing. I mean, that's four years on top. So just think about how long, like, combined – they've been ranked number one basically since 2004 to now it's just absolutely insane uh i mentioned masters 1000 titles the tournaments that are a little bit below grand slams djokovic is 38 of those nadal 36 federer only 28 the only man to ever win all four Grand Slams, the Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, and U.S. Open in a row, Novak Djokovic. He didn't do oh, it in the same year. year. Yeah, we'll see about that. I hope not. I mean, I will admit I'm a little scared, but we'll ah. see about that. Next, Djokovic's record versus Federer, 27-3. and three. His record against Nadal, really close. 30 and 29, but nonetheless, he still has a winning record against Nadal. That's 27, 23 against better, right? That's what I have. Yep. Okay. 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 Yep. Uh, and then the last stat I'm going to bring up for now is ATP finals trophies. So at the end of the year, the top eight ranked players will play in a tournament basically to just crown the champion of the tennis year. Now, this tournament isn't quite as important as the four Grand Slams, but it's probably the fifth most important tournament of the year. This is where Nadal really gets hurt. He has never won this tournament. Zero ATP Finals trophies. Federer has six trophies. Djokovic has five. So those are just the basic raw stats that really back Novak Djokovic's argument uh, for the GOAT. And uh, Spinny, Fetty, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, and rebuttal. Well, Spinny needs to go second because the best is obviously going last. No, we'll save the best for last. Go ahead, Bus. Yeah, Roger Federer is last, so yeah. You're you're first, my guy. Yeah, classic Spinny just being a rat. What's new on this pod? Fine, I'll I'll explain why Roger Federer is very clearly the goat of tennis, and. I'm going to use the very same argument that Spinney used last week for essentially every player in his rankings, in the football positional rankings of all time. So, and it is centered around the best peak. This man, Roger Federer, had the best peak out of these these uh, three times players, and it's frankly not even close. In this peak, he won. He was 237 weeks straight, number one ranked, which is by far 
the record. That will never be touched. I'm pretty confident saying that. Because Djokovic was mid and Nadal was young. 237 weeks straight, Smitty. 310, as we know, that Boisman said, weeks ranked number one, which is only second to Jovac, ahead of Nadal, by the way, which is, who is clearly the third in this argument. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to get a reaction, Smitty. The ATP finals, like, uh, like Ron said, he's got six of them. This is the best against the best at the end of the year, and he's mm-hmm. got the most titles. So that, that helps. In Definitely. this peak, though, he won 12 titles. And it, uh, it was uh, 2006, I believe, best season. 12 titles that year. 92-5 and five record that year. 16 of the 17 tournaments he was in, he made the finals. And he won three. As Ron said, Joker is the only one that won all four. But he won three Grand Slams that year as well. So just a ridiculous year. 92-5 and five in one year? Like, what? Ridiculous stats. He... Pete Sampras record, right? 14 Grand Slam titles. It took Roger Federer only 10 years to pass that. In comparison, it took Djokovic 11 years, and it took Nadal 12 years of their career to get past 14 titles. Interesting. So Federer did it faster. Again, this is all centered around the peak of his performance because when they're, these uh, players, they're clearly, and statistics back it up, very close to each other. But the so that's why I'm using the the peak argument as how I'm separating them because just insane. He's got the most career wins, 1,251. He's got the most career titles, like overall titles with 100. Do, am I right on that? I feel like that was a wrong stat. I'm pretty sure. 100, right? For like overall titles? Yeah. You have 103? I had 103. Yeah, that's okay. why I thought it was too. I don't know why I had 100, but. That's ATP titles. That's like right. total total ATP tour title tour wins, like tournament wins, actually. So yeah, I mean, in in his best, in his peak, he was 237 weeks straight of being Insane. the best tennis player in the world. He beat the record in only 10 years, which it took the other two guys here in the argument longer time to do it. And so yeah, that's 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 my argument. Federer is the goat, and yeah, and to to um disprove this argument that I know Spinney's going to use, which is the head-to-head. So Nadal is 13-2 and two against Federer on clay, which Dominant. is obviously unreal. Mm-hmm. But Federer has a winning record elsewhere with all other places combined. So essentially, Nadal is uh, nothing besides clay guy. I don't want to say nothing. He's won. He's, I'll let Spinney, you know, give his spiel. But... Take out the clay. Oh, no, I don't take it out, but the um, that's just that's just too much to me. Spinny, why don't you just jump into it? I know he's got 22 titles, but 14 of them are on clay. Like that, may, that makes him clearly the third best tennis player here in this argument. Okay, 22 titles, two more than the next two. 14 on clay. Yes, that is correct. Um, you know what's funny though? Despite saying he's you know only good on one surface. He has won every major twice, something that Roger Federer has not done. Djokovic has. Djokovic has. Federer has not. So, despite only being good on clay, apparently. He is good on clay, however. He might be the best athlete at a single place that I I can think of. I I mean, I know that's a super niche uh, 
type of idea, but 120 and three career at uh, at uh, Rolling Garros and matches. Only only two losses in his prime, and those were both to Djokovic. So I gotta give I gotta give that credit to him again over Federer because Federer very rarely beat Nadal at a major and almost never beat Nadal at a major in his prime. Ten he has a winning career. record against Nadal everywhere besides clay. Overall. Yes, that that's overall. overall. In How finals, in majors in though? In majors or in Grand Slams? Sorry. Same thing. Yeah, in Grand Slams, 10 and 4 career against Federer. 10 and 4 in Grand yeah, Slams. Yeah, and which is a losing record if you don't count clay. Yeah, the Federer only has four wins. Four. Yeah, four and wins. that's that's what makes it crazy. Is if you take out Clay, his four wins is more than Federer's or more than Nadal's. He has a winning record against Nadal everywhere else besides Clay. In, in majors, majors. in Grand in Grand Slams. I don't know. I don't he know. Does. does he? Ten and four. Yes, I'm not, he does. Okay. Yes, honestly, he does. I wasn't sure. Ten and four against. Uh, Federer in majors and also eleven and seven against Djokovic in majors. In majors so is the key. When it, when when it matters most at the four most important tournaments in the sport, the doll beats Federer and Djokovic. But you're not you're majors. not countering my point. His his record is positive against both. I don't believe you. Players. I don't believe you. That's the thing. I don't believe you. I I would be interested to see how, how the doll's record. How the because doll's that would against... be saying that. That would be saying that they played seven times at the French Open and only seven times total at all three other majors, which would be very surprising to me. Well, okay. So that's why the stat doesn't exactly make sense is because to have a, he's 10 and four against Federer at majors. So to have a worse record against them all other places, he'd have to be seven and oh, at least at Roland Garros, which means he'd have to be, and there's only three, he'd be three and four against some other places. That just doesn't. Math seemed to add up in my head, but I could be wrong. Just if you took away out of that point, French Open, Roland Garros, I wonder what his record would be against Djokovic, though, because that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know that either, but also, but you can't take the, it away. Nadal, I will admit again against Djokovic, Nadal did dominate Djokovic early in his career. Um, he started 16 and 7 against Djokovic, and so he's he's 20 to 29 to 30 right now, so that means. Djokovic has been 23 to 13 since then. So mm. pretty early career domination there from Nadal. Um, yeah, Nadal has won 91.2% 91 of his matches at um, Roland Garros, which is more than the top percentage from the other two, 85% for Djokovic, which I thought was crazy that his was on grass. Um, that, was kind of a, that was kind of cool. Um, Nadal and Djokovic both, I would say, are better receivers than servers, and Nadal or and Federer is a better server. Uh, mm -hmm. Both forty-two percent win percentages when they're receiving for Nadal and Djokovic, which I think is a pretty cool and impressive stat. That's that's rare that you're that you're winning over forty percent when you're um, receiving, um, but they only win 54, 55 and fifty-four when they're serving. So they're obviously less uh, quality servers. 55%? when for Nadal and 54 for Djokovic when serving. Do you have Federer's number? I don't have it. No, I would I bet it's uh, like probably 10 points higher. So I would I would bet it's close to 60. 60 yeah, something like when that. When he's serving for sure. So so yeah, it's it's 
quite a bit higher on the serving side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think uh, when it comes to different styles of play, um, I tend to lean towards Nadal personally. So I got a little bias, obviously, there when it comes to that. I like how he he tends to make shots harder for himself, but that yeah. tends to lead to him making cooler shots. I would say Nadal makes the most mistakes among these two um, overall because of how aggressively he plays things. Um, Djokovic tends to try to stay in the match as long as possible and make others mm-hmm. make a mistake. Um, and Federer is aggressive, but not as risky as Nadal, I would say. I would agree. Um, and Nadal also is the the top spin guru. His his spin Flats. ball spin is very, ball spin percentages are higher than both of these guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I like like you all said. I think this is really close, and I think these are obviously the three best. Mm-hmm. I just feel like in uh, in some areas, Nadal has both these guys. Um, something I just want to throw out there that I probably should. That was a pretty terrible t- terrible argument there, Spam. Well, gonna- I'm about to help Spinny. You forgot to mention that uh, Nadal also has two gold medals at the Olympics. That is which definitely that's, that's, that's something. Yeah, Djokovic that has won something. a bronze, and honestly, I'm not sure the best Federer's finished. Federer got a silver. That's the best. Okay. He he only did one Olympics actually. He got silver uh, for singles, or, I should say, because he got a doubles gold medal. But he for singles, he only has a uh, silver. Nadal might have only won it once, actually. It was either once or twice. I can't remember. I think it, I think it was only once, but still, he did get he a gold won, medal. Yeah. That is facts. For sure. Um, it is. Yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, these are clearly the top three. Um, we're not going to change our opinions, obviously. I'm going to stick with Federer forever. I don't even care if Nadal gets 30 freaking titles. Um, I'm sticking with Federer. Yeah. And you're going to stick with Djokovic. Like, facts. At the end of the day, this is kind of like a, a Jordan-LeBron debate almost. It is. Like, you know what I mean? I, it's it's I clear these are the best that. players. It's far from over, too, though. Because because if Djokovic was to come out and win, like, four more, I'd say he's the GOAT. I honestly would. If he was going to win, like, four more majors and he ends up in front of Nadal, I'd probably say he's the GOAT, honestly. I think I think Nadal – I think the rest of the stats are pretty even. Nadal's got a little bit with the medal and the head-to-head stuff. Djokovic got it obviously with the weeks as number one and that and type of thing. Finals trophies and, well. and the finals trophies. So um so I think it's really close on that. And it all just has a slight edge with the two more majors. So I, I think if Djokovic yeah. ends up with more majors, he's better. Well Nadal's yeah, already nothing... third because he can't do he well, I shouldn't say can't do, but he's pretty mid elsewhere other than clay. He's dominant, clay, eh, everywhere else. Up and down his whole career. I don't think I will that's say true. That Federer is true. Has not won every Grand Slam twice. Nadal and Djokovic have. So, and also, how much does that really play into it, though? Here's the other thing I'll say: Federer's best surface is grass. Nadal's is clay. Well, in the late 2000s, there was a big thing: who was going to beat who on their surface first? Well, 2008 Wimbledon, Nadal did that. He beat Federer, and that was a huge deal at the time. I'm not a Federer hater. I just, <laughs> I just look I'm at the just facts. saying he's he's. If you look at it, one, he beat the record w- quicker. He did a whole year ahead of Djokovic and two years faster than Nadal. He has the record for most weeks, um, ranked number one straight, two hundred thirty-seven. His his peak is just is definitely better than the other two's. And, well, and but, I'm sorry to say that from two thousand. Go ahead, Spinny. Well, I, I would potentially agree with that. I would say that 
Nadal Nadal was around for both. Nadal was at essentially his peak for both Federer's for both. peak and Djokovic's peak, which That's means fair. his peak lasted that entire time, which mm-hmm. is a pretty crazy thing. Um, no, especially, peak, especially like I said, up Nadal's, and down. Especially given yes. Nadal's injury history is also more than both these guys. Nadal is hurt definitely most among the three. And yet, despite that, he still had the longest prime. Nadal gets hurt. He also it's, loves to He didn't have hurt. the longest prime. Just because he, he was at he was at his prime against Federer and gets Djokovic doesn't mean he was at the prime the whole time spinning. And, and he was so up and down in between there. And both of why do you think you his, about, his weeks you, ranked one are so much lower than the other two? Why do you think man. that injuries yeah. play into that too? But injuries yes. play into that, and also he beat Federer and Djokovic both when they were in this like prime super crazy state that you're talking about. Federer 04 to 09, jo- uh, Nadal beat him twice in final in majors during that time, including at Wimbledon on his own surface. During his supposed best prime yeah. time, so who cares? You're happened. acting like Federer has no wins against these two. That's literally what you're acting like. Nadal's dominated Federer, twenty-four to sixteen, pretty dominant and, compared. Yeah, the most what? dominant Losing record when you take out Clay. That is doesn't tough. matter. You got to play all four surfaces, buddy. They play them all. Equal. They play them equally. They yeah. play less than anywhere else, honestly. Fourteen and ten. Last least. Fourteen and grass ten. Least. Yes, Grass but then plays the hard surface is definitely most. Yes, I'm sure. done arguing. Nadal is clearly the third best tennis player of all. They time. play on hard surface way more than they play on clay. So, um, and and you have to play on all three surfaces. That's definitely. the deal. That's the deal. So you can't just like take one of them out. It's like you got to play on all three of them. Right. And Nadal beat Federer on his own surface more. 14 of 22 titles at one place. That that's not that doesn't talk goat to me. That's kind of just tough. You never will. It'll never be goat talk to me. Uh, I think the numbers back up Djokovic pretty clearly when you take a look at him. Over a year ranked longer at number one than you guys still have no argument for the peak, by the way. I peak I have heard one from 2011 to 2021. 237 weeks. 237 sure. weeks ranked number one. What are you gonna What are you gonna rebuttal to that? You well, can also argue with Djokovic his peak because from 2015 he won four to 2016. Yeah, I was gonna say he won Wimbledon. He might have had one Open. He had Australian. the better year, I would say. Djokovic is the best year for sure. He's the only yeah. one to ever do it. Yeah, four titles, but I, I, I don't know. I'm questioning if he was a 92 and five record in that year. Uh, I'll look it up. You'd have to look it up at some point, but I mean that's what that's that's Federer's best year, ninety-two and five. One lost five times in the entire year. Eleven or fifteen, Djokovic had a almost almost a hundred wins in one freaking year. I don't know if you'll even be able to find that stat. Honestly, might be kind of hard if I don't find it in like two seconds. Boys, it's trivia time. We're jumping off this. We've been we've been yelling at each other for a while. I love it. Again, at the end of the day, these, good. these are the three. These are three goats. No, None no, of us yeah. are going to ever change our opinion. I mean, spinning might. I'm not. I'm not changing my opinion. Ever. I, I, I change it. I'm always open to changing my opinion when I think things. Oh yeah, up. that's right. I'm always classic, open. Classic spinny switching his pick halfway through a series. What's new? You 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 act like 
you act like taking new information and changing your opinion based on that information is a bad thing. Scrandy, you cannot change an NBA Finals pick halfway through the series. That's the no, most ridiculous thing I've ever made. That, that part it's I just... Kind of a rat I, move. I, that part I can... Kind of a rat move. It is a rat That's move. 100% rat move. I'm not, I'm not denying that. But being too stubborn on your Appreciate opinions you, like buses is yes, also sir. not a good thing. And you're not? How does it, I'm way more willing to change than you are, sir. I, I'm sure you are. <laughs> God, boys. Let's get into some trivia, all. boys. I love you all. Let's do some trivia. Yeah. So, we're gonna let Ron, are we going to let Ron ask first, or how how, are we, how do you want to do this, man? Ron, Ron can decide. You guys ask first, because right. I wrote down a couple. Just, yeah, you guys ask first. So, we're going to do, we're going to go through, and I'll do our easy, right? That's how we're going to do it, and then yeah. I'll do mediums. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll just, I'll ask first. Why not? So, who has the most... Singles titles in tennis history. My easy question. You're such a rat. You're honestly Better. the biggest rat ever. Rat yeah, ever. Roger Federer. It's supposed to be that easy? <laughs> okay. My easy question's easy. My easy I didn't hear an answer from you. Roger Federer. Thank you. I wanted to hear it come out of your mouth. Indeed, uh, that is correct. One point my, to both of you. My easy question probably isn't it definitely isn't that easy, but <laughs> given the hints that the question itself gives, it should be an easy question. What former Celtics center passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA record in games played? Robert Parrish. Passed? Wait, can you say that again? What former Celtics center passed Kareem for the NBA record for games played? Celtic center who passed Kareem? Mm -hmm. Kareem had the games played record. It was then passed by this guy. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. Yeah, I'm going to go Robert Parrish as well. Yeah, Robert Parrish. Oh, man, do I want to ask the, the easy, I couldn't, easy one? I couldn't think of any other center that would have played a, a shit ton of games like that. That's why that's why I felt like that was an easy question worthy is because there really wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. I will ask. You know, I'm gonna ask the harder one just because I don't care. If You're I gonna give us your hard question first? No, I have two easy ones. One's because I don't know how easy okay, I was I like supposed it. to I go. like it. I like it. Feddy, if you yeah. don't get this one, by the way, you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh god, I'm scared now. Oh no. Who was the coach of Kentucky basketball during their two championships in the 1990s? But that's a trick question. There's two coaches. Right. We're, you're, for easy question, we have to name both of them? Yes. Spinny's not naming both of them. Oh, come on. They're such big names. I know one. If you want, I can ask my other one. No, this is good. This is good. I'll give I oh wait, this is only worth one point though, right? Yeah, it's one okay. point. So yeah, it's all or nothing. I I want spinning to answer first. Cause I know the answer. You Rick Patino. Yep. I hundred percent know the two. Rick Patino. The other one's definitely the harder one. Who coached at Kentucky? Who coached at Kentucky? 
Tubby Smith. Rick Pitino and Tubby Smith, final answer. Yes, sir. You guys. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See, oh, and you guys. I just, well, I just guessed that because he coached at Minnesota. I was like. Did you know he coached at Kentucky? I did. I knew he coached okay. at Kentucky and I knew he coached at Minnesota, but. Yeah, yeah he, he won, that he won a title, yeah. Crazy. Oh, oh, sweet. Let's get it. I was hoping Springer would get that wrong. All right, my medium question. Given Cooper Cup's just ridiculous season last year, finished first in fantasy. Who finished second in fantasy points? Total fantasy points last year. I gave you the hint that Cooper Cup was first. I don't know if that's a hint, but he eliminates Cooper Cup at least. Second in fantasy points. Total fantasy points. Interesting. I I know I'm probably gonna get this wrong. I have someone that comes straight to my head, but. Yeah, don't don't spit out answers yet. Once you guys are both ready, then we'll answer. You guys got some. Oh, okay, I think I think I know. Cooper cups a hint, so you're saying it's a receiver. No, I don't. I don't know I if got it, it is a hint. I'm oh, saying okay. then I'm you like, at least know it's not Cooper. Eighty percent sure. I think I have it. Cooper Cup was one, who was second overall. See, the answer I think that it is though is a person Bus would never pick. That's why I feel like. Ron's I think I got. What do you I got, got my guess. Go ahead. I'll, I'll go after you. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Incorrect. Can I have my second guess? Is it Josh uh, Allen? Or Tom Brady? Second guess for Ron is correct. Josh Allen. Uh, dang it! That was what I thought originally. It was oh, actually. Wow. It was. Cup, Allen, Herbert, Brady. Oh, wow. Taylor. That's the top five. Interesting. That was a good question. Yes. Zero points. Let's go. All right. (laughs) We got a a volleyball question for y'all here. Uh Oh, no. (laughs) I'm I'm literally done for. How many Olympic gold medals did Misty May Trainer and Carrie Walsh win for the U.S. in beach volleyball? For sure. That's two. why it's medium because it's a how many one. It's for sure two, I think. I'm just gonna say two. Bus. I'm gonna be so mad because I know I'm one off. I'm either throwing out the right answer. Or I'm gonna be one off. Um, I'm gonna go with four. Double wrong. The answer is three. Gosh darn it. Ow! <laughs> um, one of these two did win four, did win another one, but it was with a different partner. Okay. Walsh. Two. Yeah, Walsh won with a different partner. I should get a right. point for that. No. Okay, boys. All right, your medium question, Ron. <clears throat> this one, you might get. Okay. Who is the last NFL team to win three straight championships? Three straight. Yep. That's got to be not oh, very common in NFL. Um, right? Yeah. Do I know who this is? I think so. Was it with two different coaches? I'm not giving any hints. 
Ah, no hints. Damn it. Um, I don't know if they did it. I don't think they did it three times in a row, though. It's a bit of a trick question, too. Oh, that's my one hint to you. It's a trick question? Just a bit. So that means... Well, they won it more than three times in a row. Which makes me think that my guess isn't right. Um, I got a guess. I got my guess. I would be... I'm really mad if I was. It was my first guess, though. But. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be totally wrong. Ah, Dallas Cowboys. That was my original guess, but I'm gonna. Would go you say? I'm gonna go Dallas Cowboys is my guess. Okay. That was my That's original good. guess. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh Steelers. Both wrong. No team has ever won three straight Super Bowls. It so happened before the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yes, sir. Green and uh, yellow. The Green Bay Packers. No. Dallas, didn't win, Dallas didn't win three in a row with Johnson, Johnson, and Switzer? I believe it was three in four years. Mm, okay. I think. That makes sense. All that's right. Fair. You, you did word it championships, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's why it was yeah. a bit of a trick question. Damn it. Why did I not pay attention to the wording there? I know. I know. We, messed, we both messed that up. Because if, if I would have just paid more attention and realized if I would have heard him say championships, I would have been. Oh, like, I heard him well, say championships, weird. but I was just like, oh, we're talking. That's just the general term, like, yeah. Yeah. So did we, <sighs> none of us got the mediums right for anyone then, huh? Yeah. So we're all tied two at two here, going in the final round. I might have to call Jay. By the way, we right, decided right. we're gonna do live calls. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. text at least one of our buddies and, and figure out who we're gonna call prior to every episode here going on out. So we got somebody ready to give us a tiebreaker question if needed. But my my hard question. For some reason, I saw that they were, like, apparently the first trio to put up Tatum, Brown, and Smart 20-plus points, five rebounds plus, five assists plus in the finals, which I um, learned is not even correct at all. They, were, they weren't even close to the first. They were the third in Celtics history even to do it. But anyways... They were the first Who, since a time. Give me the last trio to do it in an NBA oh. Finals game. In any NBA Finals games or for the Celtics? For any any of them. Okay. The last trio. This is, I, this I is know, like I know, awesome. I know. I know. The what, what were the stats again? 25 20 plus 20 plus points, 5 plus rebounds, 5 plus assists. I have a guess. Last trio to do that in an NBA Finals game. I think I have a guess. It's hilarious because I know you guys aren't getting it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna get it. All I'm right, if you guys got, you I'm got a guess, Vinny, or no? Yeah. Go for it then. One it's of you. 19, it's 1984. It's Magic Johnson and Michael Cooper, and is it Worthy or Kareem? That's what I can't remember. It's Cooper and Magic. I don't think it went that far back. Ah. Uh, I'm going to say Kareem. I'm going to say Kareem, Magic, and Cooper, 1984. See, now that he says that, I feel like they mentioned who the one actually was on the TV broadcast that they said it, but I'm just going to go with what I originally thought that I know it's not right and say Bosh, Wade, LeBron. <sighs> you should know what that reaction means. Let's go. 
Spinney got it correct. He Let's even got go. the freaking Michael Cooper part of it, which Let's I didn't go. think he was going to get. They had to have mentioned it on TV. They did. They said it during the finals yeah, broadcast. Yeah, yeah. I should have. Cha- I should have just copied Spinney. Dang oh. it, Spinney! Oh, is he going to get another win? <laughs> Three point lead now. No. Spinny, give me your hard question. I can't believe Spinny's going to get another win. I might have asked this question already. So if I did. Who cares? I don't remember yeah, any of our remember. So, Which U.S. figure skater was banned for life in 1994 after being a suspect in the plot to injure rival figure skater Nancy Kerrigan? She hired a hitman to injure her I've rival. I've heard this story. Skater. I can't remember freaking name. Hang on. Let me think. Yeah, that's crazy. I hear no freaking <laughs> like what? Okay, can you can you say the date again? Nineteen ninety four. This happened in ninety four. And the and the Figure skater skating. that the skater that got attacked, her name was Nancy Kerrigan. Yep, Nancy Kerrigan. We're looking for the attacker. The attacker. Uh, I I know her name from Blades of Glory. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Blades of Glory. Yeah. What is it though? Oh, I remembered. I think I I for sure have the last name. If you get the last name, I'll give you half. Okay, I I think I know the there. whole thing, but it just doesn't yeah. sound right in my head. I'm gonna say I I, I think I got. I can't think of her first name either. Um, I'm gonna go. The frick is her first name? It's something Harding, isn't it? Harding. Final answer. Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. Final answer. I changed it. I want that one. Uh huh. You said final answer yeah. first. I'm gonna give Ron full credit because Ron said Tanya Harding. Bus gets half credit because he said Harding. It is Tanya Harding. It's okay. Tanya Harding. Good Tanya Harding. All right, boys. I could not remember her freaking first name. For my hard one, I think yeah, you guys might get one of these right. And if you get one, it's there's two answers. If you get both, you get three. You get one right, I'll give you two points. So okay, I'm I'm one and a half up on bus right now. Okay. Correct. Because this is a sport you guys are very unfamiliar with, I believe. But you two are tied though. Yeah, we are. So you need to get part of this question right, Spinny, to win. Yes. But I genuinely do think you guys will think of one of them. Which driver holds the most Formula One single season championships? There's two that are tied. Oh, shit. Formula One driver. There's two that have seven championships. The one is active. The one is active, yes. Oh, he's so popular. Oh, my Easily God. the most famous in the sport. Yes. Yeah, I what can't, is I can't even think of his name either. Name. Oh, no. So, question. Question. Which, uh, if we name the other guys the two points, or is the active player, like, which one is two points? If you get either yeah. of them, if you either, either of them, them, two. But if you get both of them, you get three. Okay. Just because Formula One. Oh. Uh... Gosh, it's gonna drive me insane. Oh, what is his stupid name? Oh my gosh. Fetty, do you have any idea? 
Um, yeah, I think I, I think I, I think I might know. Okay. But I, I can't, I can't think of the other one though. So I'm the like, other no one is, I think I have two names because the old name I'm thinking of, the old name is the one I think I'm gonna get. Really? Yeah. It's possible he was huge back in the day, but okay, I'm gonna say one. How are we, how are we gonna do? How are we gonna do this, Benny? Because I don't want you to steal my answer, and I don't want to steal your answer either. Well, then say we can't steal each other's answers unless they're the same. But how do we know? I guess. I mean, okay, guys. Three, two, one. Charles Leclerc. Leclerc. I'm going Julio Castroneves. Is that how you say that? Leclerc. Final answers for both. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know another one. I, and the know. Other, I know the other one. The other one's uh, 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 I don't even know Charles is right. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yes. Oh, that was yes. it. Yes, Lewis Hamilton. It's Lewis Hamilton. He's tied with Michael Schumacher. They built Oh, Schumacher. That makes sense too. So yeah. Schumacher. That makes sense. So Spinny gets the dub then, or what? Yeah. Congrats, Spinny. Spinny won. And that gives me number one pick, baby. That's number one pick in our draft, too, baby. Let's go. Gosh. Lewis Hamilton, thank you. Thank you for coming to my head. I thought you guys would get him because he is famous as hell. Yes. Like, Formula One's actually getting kind of big now, so I see it yes. on, like, Twitter and stuff quite a bit. I like it a lot. It's kind of fun. I'm pretty sure my guess has some wins, though, right? Leclerc Charles Leclerc? Oh, no, he's, he's a young up-and-comer. He's won a couple races this hot. season. How did Castro Nev- Nevis was big in the I day? Believe, I just remember yeah. him from the Indy 500. How, how, how in the hell did I forget Lewis Hamilton? I'm surprised you said Charles Leclerc and not like Max Verstappen. I don't know why that was like the first guy that just came to my head, but so random. Lewis Hamilton, I can't. Michael Schumacher, I can't believe we didn't remember Michael Schumacher. Yeah, he was big too. He's, he's the goat. Yes, I think so. All right, well, Ron, that's that's all for you on um, this episode. All right, thanks for coming on. And yes, sir, uh, thanks for having taking, me. Taking the L to me in the the tennis debate. Yeah, I don't know well, about that I do want to but... give you props though, because you you scored five points. You didn't win this trivia battle. We scored five points, which is tied for the most points that any of our guests have scored. Yes, so, I'll take it. Four broken Ron on that tie. Huh? Four broken Ron. Ah, he won when he only scored five points. He beat both of us. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, stupid Lewis Hamilton. So you scored yeah. five points in a second. second I'll play. take it. Yeah. No, I had fun, though. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. If you ever want to have me on again, let me know. I'd love to do it. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate Sounds you, good, my guys. guy. Yeah, you take care, guys. Peace. Peace and love. Okay. Now, we're going to switch gears a little bit here. We're going to talk. Live golf. This is this has been an interesting development, especially as of late, with more and more golfers leaving the PGA to go to live golf. So before we get get into uh, maybe the potential issues with this and our opinions on this whole matter, I'm just gonna explain the format of live golf because it is different than the PGA. So there, they have eight events total. They have um, in these eight events, they only have three rounds. It's only three round tournaments. Um, Obviously, PJ is four. There's 48 players, zero cuts. So all 48 for the entire three rounds. 
And there's also an interesting team aspect to it. So every tournament, there's 12 captains that draft three other teammates. And so they're in a team of four. And the winner of each, as in team regards, I'm saying, the winner of each tournament also gets money too. So it's like they can win money individually and also as a team. So for this inaugural uh, event, which is happening right now, round three is uh, right now, I believe. If I'm, yeah, it's round three today. Um, the winner gets $3 million, the team. So split that amongst four people, whatever that math is. Yeah, that's quite that's, that's quite the bag. I'm pretty sure three mil is uh, roughly what a Masters winner gets. Maybe even a little less. Obviously, that's split amongst four people, not just one. But still, the money in live golf is, is a lot more than PGA. That's why you're seeing these golfers leaving. And, and one other key difference is shotgun starts. So everyone starts at the same time, but they're just obviously on different holes. So that, that is another key difference between live golf and um, the PGA. And with this team aspect also, the the eighth event is like the team event. So you know how there's like the Ryder Cup or whatever for the PGA at the end? That the eighth event or the eighth tournament, I should say, is the team head-to-head. So then they, they go against each other. And the winner of that one, I have it written down here, $16 million. For the winning team in the eighth event. Four mil each. So more, if you win the team event, then you make more money than you would for winning the Masters. Yeah. Just absolutely insane. Some noticeable guys that have jumped to live. Bryson DeChambeau. How do you say DeChambeau? DeChambeau. DeChambeau, duh. Um, Phil Mixon, DJ, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Louis Ustuzin, uh, Charles Schwartzel. Those are some of the bigger names that have left. The, there's more than that, but those are the bigger names. And as of right now, as a as we're speaking, Charles Schwartzel is leading leading the pack in this inaugural event. So he's he's looking at likely a big payday if he's able to hold on and, and win. Spinny, what's your this the issue with this though is that a lot of this money is coming from the Saudi Arabians who put it lightly are some of the biggest pieces of shit in this world not gonna lie so that that's the main heat the live golf is getting is that this money is coming from the saudis um which is i probably shouldn't call them saudis i don't know if that's a respectable term but but yeah, yeah. so know. that that's probably the issue but but spinny i want to hear your thoughts what are your thoughts on this whole situation um here's the thing i think I think um, a lot of these guys do some horrible, 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 horrible stuff. There's slavery. There's their their treatment of LGBTQ plus individuals is absolutely horrific. The enslaving other individuals is obviously absolutely horrific. And I don't think these pieces of crap should get away with it. But man, no, not but. Period. Period. It. I hate. Period. I hate yeah. being that bucket. That. That's. That's it. Um. Now the angle I'm going to spin it on is I think the PGA themselves could do a lot to prevent these idiots making more money than they are by changing some of the things that the golfers want them to change and not being so old and rigid and coming around on some of these things and making the adaptions the golfers want them to make. And finding f- people to fund them to get them more money. You're telling me that all the millionaires and billionaires in the U.S. wouldn't fund the PGA Tour? Like, come on. 
It's just easy money. Yeah, it's like, seriously. It's like people wanting to be NFL owners. Like everyone loves golf. Like I don't know. If the PGA was willing to bend and change and come around on some things and be flexible, they could keep all these guys. These guys wouldn't have to go, wouldn't want to go over to make more money because they'd already be making money here. And then the live wouldn't be a thing and these people wouldn't be making extra money. I mean, you, you can't you can't blame guys for getting paid millions and millions of dollars compared to chump change. Not chump change, but we're talking 50 times more money. Like you can't, you can't, you know, knock on people that much for that. That's just human nature. But, but I wish if, if, and I, I think it lies with the PGA to make the changes so that live doesn't have to be a thing. So that these idiots don't, don't make more money. If I was a golfer, would I go play for them? I'd like to think, no, I'd like to think I'd have enough morals to, to not do that. But you know, when, it's tough. It's not, I, I can't hate on guys for, for making money and promoting themselves in a way that is better. You know, I can't hate on that, even if it's with some sketchy people, you know? So I, I get both sides, but I think the biggest change that could be made is by the PGA to make this not be a thing. Completely in agreement with everything you said. Obviously, um, the financing from the Saudi Arabians, that's very sketchy about live and, and morals-wise, like you said, I don't know if I was a golfer if I would do this. But, you know, you're staring at millions and millions more that you could potentially make. And in that regard, it makes sense why these guys are going. And also, like, I mean, those are some decently big names that have left. So you're if you're a, gol- a big golfer and you're seeing all these other names leaving the PGA to go to live, you're like, oh, maybe I should actually do that. Like, yeah, maybe I starting to, maybe that's the better golf league, you know? Exactly. It's starting to, even the competition aspect, like these guys are competitive. They're the best in the world. They want to go up against the best in the world too. Not only do they want more money, but they want to keep playing these other guys. So I think the more and more people that, that keep switching, that's just going to, it's going to cause a lot of problems with PGA and they need to make changes fast because they're going to keep losing golfers. I mean, the winner of if Charles Schwartzer holds on, he will make more money in this first ever live golf tournament than the Masters winner does. How ridiculous does that sound? And you like, can't tell me there aren't rich people that would fund exactly. the prize money for the Masters. Like you can't, yeah. you can't tell yeah. me. I don't believe that. I, I don't. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I yeah. just the PGA. It could be the biggest one, the biggest group that influences these abhorrent people from getting more money and power they could make a difference they could change it by just being less rigid they could do it so it's on them it's yeah. on them it's on them to make yeah. the biggest difference that could be made facts it's it's on the pga at this point to respond to what's happening and and i am kind of worried though because i don't know if they're going to i, I don't really know don't. if they are either they probably won't stubborn idiots but yeah they're pretty stubborn and yeah i don't know this is obviously a, a developing story here. This is not by any means uh, finished. So this throughout the rest of this season, we're going to see a lot, I'm sure a lot more golfers going. And for those that don't know, PGA already has suspended all the golfers that have left. So if, if there was a golfer that said, yeah, I'm going to do the live tour, but didn't actually officially resign from the PGA, they got suspended. So they're not allowed to do any more PGA um, events anyways. So 
Yeah, it's 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 a big deal here, honestly, especially in the golf world. Obviously, Spinny and I aren't the the biggest golf fans there are, but uh, it's just still a very interesting story. And to see a, a essentially a brand new league, if you want to call it, created, it that's that's crazy in its own right as well. I mean, PGA has just been essentially the only golf league. I don't know what you call it, I guess, but association or whatever the entire time you know Literally. so so and, it from that aspect i do like the competition because then it does force pga to make changes that they have been needing to change forever that it's too stubborn to do but yeah obviously just the only issue about live is is the saudi and arabian aspect of it and those people are very terrible human beings and like you said at, there needs to be action done against some of them because they're just getting away with some ridiculous inhumane stuff and and i just want to preface too we're, we're not talking about the saudi arabian people overall we're talking about right. these rich right. billionaire leaders yes. that are perpetuating these atrocities so yes. the saudi 100%. arabian people have no control just as probably the same level yeah. of, of other dictatorship like countries like that so i'm, I'm no hate there no hate against any group of individuals, especially one that is probably being oppressed more than anything else. Facts. So, huge hatred yes. to the leaders, not the people. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Spinny. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that. But that, that those are our thoughts on the issues. Comment below if you have any other thoughts about the situation. Again, as I just said, this is a developing story, and, and we'll probably have more news about this uh, on future episodes. I'm sure. Agreed. We'll, we'll try to keep you updated. Well, um, now we're going to jump to our last topic here. Spinny, why don't you uh, introduce it and explain it a little bit? Yeah, all right. So we're just going to do a, a back and forth top 12 mock draft. So we'll each, we'll each do every other pick. We'll end up with six guys versus six guys. And then uh, you can vote on whose all-star first round team is better. Um, we're kind of going to do this as a mock draft in a way that we preview the top 12 guys um, for fantasy football rankings for next year for the nfl geez i did a bad job of leading with That's what okay. was actually we're doing but yes dynasty 12 team draft for next no year. not are we doing is it dynasty not dynasty, oh, not dynasty. just regular regular 12 team redraft for next year um half point ppr so we do in the first round 12 picks we'll do every other pick we'll end up with teams of six and then you guys get to vote on whose team's better so yep. that's and where we're at we and decided, I won trivia, so yeah. that's what we decided would determine first pick. So first pick is mine, and I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I'm sure, um, is the consensus number one overall yeah, player so. for fantasy. I'm sure. John Taylor, I want to write that down the, on my notes. Okay, second pick. Hmm, what what direction I want to go here? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Cooper Cup, second pick. Really? I am. Oh. He will. I expect some regression from Cooper Cup, but a guy that put up 19 the stat line he had last year is gonna put up ridiculous stat line again. You're not gonna just completely fall off into oblivion. So. True, I agree. I'm going Derek Henry. Derek Henry. See, that was my other option. I just I couldn't really decide how I wanted to do that. Okay, next, um, the fourth pick here. I'm going to go – let me peek at the rankings again. I might do – I don't know. 
if I want to call it necessarily a reach, but according to most rankings, he's more in that that five six range. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Dalvin Cook. I think the potential for more receiving this year with KOC. They already said they want to give him more involved in receiving. I think that would be amazing for his fantasy value. Agreed. I like that pick. I'm going to stick with upside here. Um, and I think that this guy is obviously injured a lot, but his upside is top two, three guys. So I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey. I feel like. That's fair. That's fair. If he, if he plays, he's a god. Especially at what would be the fifth pick here. I feel like that would be a decent spot for him. CMC, yeah, it, yeah. Five, five. I feel it's probably maybe a good spot for him. The sixth pick here, I'm going to go um, hmm. I'm gonna go Jamar Chase. I think terrific season he had last year. I think he finished, I want to say, third, third or fourth. I'm, per, I'm almost positive he was top five for receiver last year, and that was only his rookie year. So I'm expecting um, kind of like Jefferson, just even another step forward here in year two. Another year with his uh, college guy Joe Burrow, so I'm going. I'm going Jamar Chase, sixth pick. Jamar Chase, pick six, pick seven. If this guy drops all the way here, I'm actually a big hater of this guy as a rule, but I think that his quarterback is about to take a step that could make him the MVP, and uh, this guy has a lot of effects based on that. So I'm going to take Austin Eckler. Four running backs, huh? It's been you like you like you like your running backs here. I I'm a running back guy, and I think the top end here should be running back heavy. Now I'm going Jefferson, eighth pick. Justin Jefferson. You sure? You sure you don't you don't want to take Mixon or Harris? You sure? Yes, Justin Jefferson. Uh, I'm pretty confident that he'll score more fantasy points than them. No, yeah, I I was debating here as I would be with pick seven between Eckler and Jefferson. I thought maybe I could sneak Jefferson out at pick nine. But apparently yeah, if you, uh, you would have went Jefferson at, at seven, I was definitely picking Eckler at eight. I should have taken Jefferson. Shoot. Um, well, now pick nine. Three best players left are Mixon, Harris, and Chubb on my board. So I'm going to take – Hmm. I think Cincinnati's rut – Offensive um, run game, offensive line, rush. Wow. What is that called? Rush <laughs> rush protection? Jeez. Uh, yeah, game. rush protection. Rush <laughs> offense. Run blocking. There we go. I think Cincinnati's run blocking will be better this year. Wow. They have oh my really gosh. overhauled their offensive line. So we're going to go with Joel Mixon. Joel Mixon, ninth pick. Rush protection. Sheesh. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. All right, so All right, that, I just got to go. Pick 10, I just got to go Najee Harris then. Right. I think, uh, you know, year two, I should probably be able to take another step forward. Um, I am a little worried about the, the QB situation, how that, you know, I'm sure stacking the box is, is a thing that he's going to be yeah. seeing a lot more this year. So I'm, I'm a little worried about that, but I like his production and, and his receiving output as well. So Najee Harris. This is a hard one here for me. It, it gets it gets hard at the end of this first round. It really does. If if I'm sitting at this ten to twelve range, in in a twelve team redraft league, I'm 
I'm struggling on who I'm going to pick first in the first round. So, so I think this pick, I think the next two guys are fairly obvious. I just don't know which one I like better. Well, I haven't taken a receiver this whole draft, so I should probably take at least one, huh? And, and I think, I think, I think the next guy is going to be a pretty obvious pick for you as well. And I'm going to take Devonte Adams. Yeah, I understand Figured. new quarterbacks, but he has a good there. relationship with Carr. He'll obviously be the focal point of that offense. Um, can I? And I like that actually. I like that. If he falls to 11, I, I feel like I would take it. Yeah, I feel like I would take that too. This guy, I think, could surprise a lot of people. Had a little bit of a down year last year, the guy you're about to take right now. Really? You think? You're going to cap on me, but. I'm going to. I I think this is who you're talking about. I'm, I'm picking Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm picking Alvin Kamara 12th um, for a guy that has top five fantasy potential to get him with the 12th pick. Um, that's something that's something you're going to do with the last pick of the first round. It'll be interesting this year because I feel as though the top 12, and then I feel like there will be a drop-off here in standard and half-point PPR between the next guy. So it's kind of funny for 12-team leagues. I feel like barring injury or big step-ups, it'll kind of flow out like this, which would be interesting. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah. So we will um, – Obviously, we don't have anything on the screen right now. You guys probably already forgot our order, but we'll uh, we're gonna create some graphics this week and we'll we'll yeah. dump them on social media. So you'll see uh, who both of us picked and whatnot, and then you guys can uh, uh, vote who you thought did better. I guess. Yeah. But it might even be on this pod right now. We might we might overlay it over our our talking right now so you can see it. But we'll see we'll see how if we are talented enough for that. Yeah, I guess. Right. If we're going to be playing with the editing, yeah. That's... Yeah, I mean, we'll try it out. You, you guys might not even hear this. This might be cut out and you'll never even know. So. <laughs> Imagine. All right, y'all. Now All right, y'all. That was it. That was it. That, that one flew by. We, I yeah, gotta... crap, we're an hour and a half in. I thought, wow, that really flew by. Holy I know. Holy. I got to, I got to, um, before we start Q&A, and maybe we'll cut this off too, but I got to apologize to Bus. I called him out on his stats being fake, and I, uh, I that, that was mean of me. So I, I shouldn't have ranted on him that much. So I got to apologize for my over the top rap behavior during the tennis debate today. You call my stats fake? Wow. That is rude. Yeah, it was rude, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> All right. You got the trivia for or the QA for us today, boss. I mean it, it's it's hard headed spinning. We yeah. we like to we like to get after each other here on this. Oh on yeah. This pod, so oh, yeah. It, it's acceptable. But yeah, we do got QA this week. Actually from Ron himself. He we uh were struggling, we didn't really have anything for QA and he threw us an amazing question that honestly, I like it. So his question Did he let us do twenty years or are we sticking with the uh, ten? I don't remember. Ten. Okay. So, Best and worst NBA champion of the last 10 years. So 12, right? It starts with 12, 12, 12 13, yeah. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21 since obviously there's no champion right now. Oh, Spinny, do you have any quick answers to that? I feel like the Spurs in 13 are my are – my... First thought answer. 
but or fourteen. Fourteen? I can't remember. The, the Spurs team that beat the Heat. I feel like that is my first think about answer. That's fourteen. There. Um and then the the obvious answer that I think is probably the right one is the Raptors with Kawhi. Oh, so you're saying Spurs twenty fourteen or Raptors being the worst, right? Yes. Did you ask me best? No, I just said first okay. thoughts, but yeah, I one of those starting two, with your best. Best, I feel like is obvious. I'm sorry. Best, I, I feel it's like be the seventeen Warriors. Twenty seventeen Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's the best team. And then, yeah, worst, I feel like it's either fourteen Spurs or or the Raptors from twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we can't count twenty eleven. That's nope. eleven years ago, so. Because that that would have been the answer then, Mavs. But yeah, because then you got you got the Heat, the Spurs, Warriors, Bucks, Cavs, and Cavs. Um, and then Bucks, Raptors, Lakers, and Rubs. I'm gonna go Raptors. I think that was yeah, it's tough because I Kawhi was obviously better on that team than he was in, in 2014. But and, I'm and given every- a slight. Go ahead. That's why I was going Spurs maybe too, is I feel like Kawhi was better, obviously. And I feel like the, all the big big Spurs people were so aging by then, it was kind of like – It was like the last know. year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. but I I like those thoughts, though, about you spinning. I, I think I agree, though, that those are probably slightly the two – like the two worst um, – and again, they're they're all these teams are NBA champions. We're not taking yeah that no. away. So what's um, what's the best team other than the Warriors with KD? Okay, because that that's probably even a better question. Because the best the best out of the last ten years is in my in our eyes is pretty obvious. But second best, that's where you kind of can get into a good debate. Um, hmm. I think it's the Heat, right? It's, it's I think it's got to be Heat. Twenty twelve Heat against. When they they gentlemen swept the thunder, it's got to yeah. be because the 2013 Heat D Wade was kind of like his knee wasn't there and he was yeah a little and Bosch was starting to fall off a little bit yeah but I feel like 2012 was the one where D Wade was still in his prime last year of his prime, Bron was obviously an absolute god that was and, like and Bosch arguably his best thing yeah 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 so, that's the one that's the that's the next one. I like that being second. I think but, that, I mean, again, are I we think that team, I think that team has a chance of beating the KD Warriors. I agree. I agree. I but technically, are we counting the 2018 Warriors, too? Because you could all just make an argument that 2018 yeah. Warriors would be second best. Yeah. I mean, those teams are essentially the same, right? Right. So the stars are the same, like, obviously. Yeah, so it's kind of like stuff. Yeah, that is tough. If I had to name a different team other than the Warriors, I would name the 2012 Heat, like you said. I like that. That was good. That was a good Q&A question by Ron. So, yep. mad respect. He was great today. Um, as always, for all you hardies that, that stay on for this long, we appreciate you and we love you. This is yeah. episode 18. We're almost to 20, Spinny. That's, I know. We might have to do a little party or something for 20. I feel like that's kind 25. Of, 25, yeah, that's probably yeah. the better one, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you gotta, with, you gotta take the NBA's lead and go 25, 50, 75, 100, right? 75, 100, yep. Yeah, I like I feel that. Like that's the move. All right, y'all. We love you. Hug your families. 
keep your keep your uh, loved ones tight. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. See y'all next week.